Hey, what's up, everybody? For your fix of fitness, health, life, and laughs, you know where it's at. That's right, it's at the podcast with your host, yours truly, Adam Pullman. In this episode of the podcast, I was able to interview Matt Preston. Uh, he is the owner of Colorado Nutrition, a supplement shop here uh, in Fort Collins, Colorado. Very knowledgeable when it comes to supplements and nutrition. He is someone I've been wanting to get on the show for a while. Uh, in this episode, what we do is we talk about nutrition. What do we do when a metabolism slows down? How do we speed it up? What do we do when we need to figure out how many calories we should be eating? We also break into the supplement space and talk about the, the, the pros and cons of supplements, what to look out for when getting a protein, for example, the differences in plant protein versus whey protein. Are supplements even necessary? If they are, what should you be taking? So we go through all of that in this episode. So make sure you tune in to hear more on that. If you want to reach out and contact uh, Matt Preston, check out his supplement shop, whatever it is, uh, you can find him on Instagram. Uh, his personal Instagram is going to be Metabolic Matthew, and then his uh, his shop is going to be under the handle Colorado uh, Nutrition. Let me double check that. Okay, Colorado Nutrition Fort Collins. That's the handle you can find that on. Uh, on Instagram. So uh, without further ado, here I am talking nutrition and supplements with Matthew Preston. So let's just start with with where, like how you got into the health and fitness space, wellness, okay. supplements, all that stuff, okay. how, you, how that came to be. Fantastic. Um, let's see. So it started, um, gosh, how did we get into this thing? <laughs> Sometimes I Sometimes you, you look back and you're like, what happened? How did that what happen? What did, how did that uh, transpire? Um, I was born um, out here, um, went to University of Kansas, uh, but came back here after college. Okay. And I uh, actually ran a microbiology lab for about five years. Oh, wow. So I did that and just got sick and tired of working for somebody else. You know, literally built it from the ground up. Um, making them a bunch of money and all sorts of stuff. And I was like, man, I, I have all this passion. I, I, you know, I, I want to do this for, for myself, you know, not just mm -hmm. make someone else a bunch of money. And then got to a point to where I was just unhappy. I was yeah. unhappy working for someone else, and it wasn't them. It was me. You know, when I was able to look back, I'm like, you know, it really wasn't them. I wanted to make them out to be the bad guy. You know, but it was really me that was uncomfortable. I was the one that was unhappy. It's always easier to point a finger. And it is. And then I was like, you know, it's not them. It's me. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where we opened up that shop up in uh, Boulder, our first shop about that was seven the first years. One. That was the first one about okay. uh, six, seven years ago. Now, what, what, but what made you want to go from there to supplements? Because, I mean, yeah. there's millions of routes you could have taken. Oh, yeah. I love the science. I love the science behind nutrition and supplements and everything that goes along with it. I was actually headed to med school, uh, okay. but my dad came down with cancer. Oh, shit. And so spent two years in the Mayo Clinic basically rehabbing him uh, right. from esophageal cancer. And uh, I just, I, I love what goes on in the body, you know, so with the supplements, with the nutrition, everything is just nothing but, you know, science and, you know, how it works in the body and, and stuff like that. So I just really enjoyed people as well. Mm -hmm. um, I'm more of an introvert, if anything. I love the one-on-ones. You get me in a big room and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Right. <laughs> I become a wallflower a little bit, but one-on-one, uh -huh. -on -one, I love it because I'm able to talk about something that I have the passion for and sure. love. So sure. yeah, it just kind of transpired and here we are six, seven years ago and we just opened up a uh, shop here in Fort Collins you nice. know, two years ago. Nice. So, yeah. so um, 
with so opening up a supplement shop yeah at that moment when you opened it up how did you feel about where supplements were how you could make a change you know because the industry yeah, it's, I mean, it's been around for a decent amount of time but it, yeah. it changes constantly oh it's nuts i mean like the amount of crap out there is unbelievable right. you know <clears throat> and when we opened up boulder it was in its heyday you know like it was right before bodybuilding.com before amazon all sorts of stuff so we opened it up and it was so like, wow. in shop in person retail supplements yeah at that time was like where it's at that's where it was at that's where you got them you know um and then it slowly or maybe sometimes i feel quickly turned over to where you're like whoa like something happened here right you know and you know just with anything that you can buy online it just becomes so much easier and sure. you have all you know influencers and stuff like that or pushing other brands that are just online and stuff like that so we kind of had to you know change our model and you know be a little smaller and <clears throat> kind of get it more into the other nutrition aspects of of having a retail shop and stuff like so that. what what does that look like how did you transition from okay we're only selling supplements to being able to adapt to a market that's changing how did you add that nutrition piece in um, it was always kind of there. It just, we never relied on it. You know, we always did nutrition planning, stuff like that, it but was it wasn't a side hustle of the, business. yeah, it was kind of like a side thought, right. you know, um, in, in general, cause everyone, you know, we were doing just fine with the supplement stuff. And then as you slowly start to see it kind of decline with, with the advent of the internet, <laughs> um, we had to go, okay, what's, what's an avenue that we can still be doing well. And right. that was nutrition, you know, because that's something that, yeah, you can do it online and stuff like that. But there's still those those that want to see you in person and, and yeah, you know, be able to speak and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's especially when they're struggling. Yeah. And that's what you, ha you have to do that as a business. If yeah. you're not, I mean, the, the stubborn ones are always the ones that die. Yes, they are. If they don't adapt, they die. We see it all and the I time. I understand, like, wanting to hold on to what you started with because, yeah. like, that was the initial passion. Yeah. But that's the downside of running a business, being your own man, whatever it is. Yeah. You have to or else you're – you're going to be stuck working for that person again. Exactly. So right now, so Colorado Nutrition, is yeah. that the same? Do you have the same branding at Boulder and Fort Collins? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they, the they look very similar inside. Um, Fort Collins is a little brighter. Fort Collins is a little darker wood. <laughs> That's right. basically about it. The Fort Collins store, we did open that smoothie bar where Boulder doesn't have that. Which seems to be, I mean, from what I hear, people love it. Yeah. Oh, you guys are right next stuff. to an Orange Theory, Yeah, too. we're right next to Orange Theory up in town. And, uh, yeah, right over on Timberline and Drake. Um, so, yeah, we kind of hit that that uh, rush afterwards and stuff yeah. like that and the smoothies. And then we have the supplements and we have the nutrition planning. So it says always it is kind of like matriculation into the store. Right. Yeah. That's perfect. So I want to talk about <clears throat> the nutrition piece first. So yeah. someone, someone walks through the door and they, I mean, who's the typical, you know, person that you see? What, yeah. what is the, what is their age their What's the demographic? That's a, you know, what yeah. are they trying to get help with? Great question. You know, overall, the big I hate to say demographic because it has such a kind of a weird, bad connotation, but it right. tends to be those, you know, stay-at-home moms and dads yeah. or working. It doesn't really, but, you know, they have two or three kids, especially my gals and stuff like that. They have three kids, you know, they're getting a little older, all sorts of stuff, and they're really starting to see things change. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I, I can't do this on my own. You so know, mostly middle-aged. Mostly middle-aged, like yeah. 35 to 45 or 35 to 55 60 to 55 okay. 60 60 65 once in a while stuff okay. like that and you know like that's really where my love is 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 that part of demystifying what's going on like i have one client right now who struggled her entire life i love her to death she is like a a, a mom to me or a sister <clears throat> but her metabolism has been so deregulated throughout the years of past diets all sorts of stuff yeah. to where finding an answer for her and it's not a pill, it's not a, you know, superfood or something like that. It's literally the energy that her body's receiving is not, you know, like what every 
thing else tells her, you know, she needs to be at this level, this level, or something like that, her metabolic rate's 700. Her RMR's oh. 700. You right. know, and to be able to to diagnose, not diagnosis in doctor terms, but diagnose it, you know, using like our resting metabolic rate machine, stuff mm -hmm. like that, to where it should be sitting at like 1,300. She's burning 800, you know, so like her eating, you know, 17, 2,000 calories, she she's, puts packing on, it on. she's packing it on. It's not her fault, but bringing that back up so that she can eat normally again, right. you know, after years and years of, of kind of crash dieting, you know, yeah. it's just, it's, it's, it's it's tough but it's it's real life you know mm -hmm. like it's there's nothing we can do about it you know like when it especially the smaller we are you know so little gals little guys you know they're they're you know five foot you know five and a half something like that they can't get away with the same thing that their husbands get away with you know sure. like you have a couple you know like my wife she's a great example she's four nine she'll tell you she's four ten she's <laughs> <laughs> but after Classic. three kids her metabolism after the third one Things literally change. went down the down the crapper you know it is nothing what it was pre-second kid you right. know and I, you know so i was literally feeding her too much which is very rare you know like i i believe in pushing that metabolism pushing the you know the calories that the body needs but with hers it was it became you know a quarter of or thir three quarters of what mm -hmm. it used to be so mm -hmm. all of a sudden her eating you know for her stature and everything like that you know being around 13 1500 calories she was packing on weight right but because her metabolic rate really dropped right you know which so is an extremely big challenge because in 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 modern life yeah. we're we're a little more i mean we're in com compared to where we were previous years we're more sedentary than we used to yeah. be yeah Food is way more available. So In bigger amounts. Right. Yeah. Bigger amounts. It's far more palatable. Mm -hmm. You know, so it tends to make us want to eat more. I mean, thirteen hundred calories, I mean, that's it's nothing. Yeah. You know, so it's it's hard to challenge to 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 navigate that and eat less when your environment is encouraging you to eat more. Oh, so yeah. The, a the average person that, that comes in, is, are yeah. they in the same situation? Where are they usually at with their with their nutrition, their health, and what are they trying to achieve, and how are you helping them do that? I think they're coming in, you know, from an aspect of, I'll always hear, I'm, I'm eating healthy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, let's go through your food. I'm sure that you are. But eating healthily has nothing to do with their composition. We want it to, right? Mm -hmm. We want someone to eat healthy. We sure. want, you know, lots of fruits and veggies and this and this and this and this. But it tells me nothing it, it speaks it doesn't speak to being able to hit those compositional goals. Right. You know, you can have five avocados five times a day, and I don't know anybody who's going to lose weight doing that. You know, right. it's like five thousand calories or something like that. Um, so that would well, maybe you could. <laughs> You're pushing out some. <laughs> I'm not there. But I'm, I'm close, but I'm not there. <laughs> so you know, eating healthily is great, but it still doesn't speak to the energy that our bodies are receiving. And if right. we get more than our bodies need, we're going to store. We're you know. Sure. We're a system just like anything else. You can't create or destroy energy. So if our bodies are getting more than it needs, no matter if it's uh, whether it's grass fed or organic or, mm. you know, a, whatever it is, our bodies it all start. comes down to that calories in calories it does. out. It right? does. And, you know, for years and years, I've done this for almost over 15 years now. I've spoke about that for since day one. You know, it's it's it matters. You know, mm -hmm. you can't overfill your gas tank. I don't care how premium the gas gas is it doesn't matter you know if it was made in saudi arabia or you know here in colorado right. or something like that it doesn't it, it's still energy and you can't overdo energy without that system wanting to store it or spill it out somehow right you know, it has keep to, it right it has to change one or two it, one or two ways it does yeah it, it just does it just you know a lot those a lot of those that have you know track calories or track macronutrients before in their past and go hey that doesn't work 
Well, it just means your numbers are wrong. You know, right. like like my wife. She can't eat like she used to. She has right. she doesn't have the 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 room anymore for those um those extras. You know, there's right. less room for error. So, you know, she has a few um you know, bite-sized Snickers and all of a sudden she's really pushing that that caloric deficit to a to a halt if she's following her plan and stuff like that. So Right. And let's be honest, that's super hard to navigate as far mm. as figuring out okay, what is maintenance for me? What is mm-hmm. deficit? What is surplus? Yeah. So someone comes in and they realize, okay, Matt, I, I see what you're saying. I, I could be eating more than I need to, yeah. but how do we figure that out for sure? How do, you, how do you explain to them? How do you help them figure out, okay, these are the calories that you're burning at rest. This is how much you might need to eat. This is yeah. how much you might need to take away. How do you help them figure out those numbers so they have tangible takeaways? Yeah. So usually it'll, I'll spend upwards of an hour or two just figuring those things out, you know, taking, you know, past history, you know, asking things, well, obviously knowing how old someone is, their gender does matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just does. Um, their metabolic rate, you know, whether it's from, you know, a uh, certain formula like the Harris Benedict, I think it's Harris Benedict yep. formula, um, the in-body, which, you know, you know, that gives you your BMR, um, basing more on your muscle mass, but mm-hmm. still it's not perfect. You know, right. like that's where I was talking earlier of like, <clears throat> we think she's burning this much just by doing nothing, but what about if she's not? So what are some, mm. what are some avenues that allow me to start thinking about that? You know, how many kids someone's had, you know, gals, how many kids have they had? How old are they? Are they premier, uh, menopausal parent, you know, all sorts of stuff. Where right. are they at? And, you know, if someone comes in and they're 20 and their BMR says this, I can be pretty rest assured it's somewhere close to that. You know, but something else, you know, to where someone comes in, they're, they're, they are holding on to weight. And, you know, one reason why they've come in um, is they need that help. But there's, I think, certain kind of keys there, you know, whether it's current, where they are currently with their weight, right. um, how they've struggled in the past, all sorts of stuff. And then they say, I'm eating healthily. Okay, well, maybe certain things are off. Maybe your metabolic rate's a little bit lower and stuff like that. We need to figure those things out so we have an RMR machine. So okay. it hooks you up gas exchange all sorts of stuff they hang out for about a half an hour breathing through a mask okay and all sorts of stuff so that is one of the most accurate ways to do it and that's where i really find um where it drastically deviates from a normal bmr rmr taken right. from a machine or a, a algorithm right yeah. so so they're sitting there breathing through that tube for the listeners that don't know what's what is bmr and what is rmr bmr there you know for the for the general public, I like to just say that they're the same. Like it's easier um, to just say, "Hey, they're they're basically the same. They're just a different uh, different words." Right. So it's literally just the amount of calories that you'll burn at complete and total rest. So I hate to say it <laughs> because it always paints a weird picture, but just picture yourself in a coma. Right. That's if you were in a coma for 24 hours, that's what you would. Because right. it's not you watching Netflix in bed. It is not you reading a book in bed or something like that. You're literally not moving a muscle. It's just those, those calories that are uh, part of your autonomic nervous system. So, you know, heart function, brain function, lung function. Just to keep you alive. Just to keep you alive if you had to do literally nothing. Right. So, okay. and so that's what is so adaptive in our body. You uh-huh. know, and so that's like, your, that's like your base, your foundation mm-hmm. that you're taking adjustments as far as more calories or less calories from. Correct? Yeah, just to start with, you know, because everything else, you know, like the calories you burn in an exercise. If you go to this boot camp or this personal training, you know, or whatever – those um, tend not to be so uh, adaptive, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it, it can be, I guess, according to, you know, like according to their muscle mass or something like that. You know, if you, you know, if you like for you, like if you had, you know, two, two personal training clients and stuff like that, and they're both, 
you know, same weight and stuff, but one was 60 and one was 20, they're, you know, the 20-year-olds probably got more muscle mass, sure. probably burning more calories, you know, but those are can be tracked pretty easily. So what it sounds like you're saying is like the more, for lack of better terms, life experiences someone has, the yeah. more factors could be weighing in to adjust that that metabolic rate. Yeah. The amount of calories that are burning at rest. Yeah. I Touch. I want. I want you to touch more on the kids aspect. You noted okay. that, like, if women have had kids or haven't had kids, mm. it seems like there's some sort of metabolic difference going on. Is yeah. that hormone related? You know, what what's playing into that? Oh, absolutely. Because I know a lot of women struggle with. Man, it just once I had a kid, everything changed. Yeah, what do you think you is know, going on there? I think it's. I think it's absolutely hormone related. You know, um, whether it's you know thyroid condition. You know. Um, it can be their leptin ghrelin levels, you know, basically their hunger hormone levels, all sorts okay. of cortisol levels. Also, you know, so when we, you know, and throughout the years, you know, you always think, you know, you, you get to where you're doing this and you feel like you're doing well. You, you want to naturally try to find that uh, magic, you know, like, oh, like I can put these people in this category and do this and magic these, equation. But you can't. No. Like I literally, like I am baffled every single day at something new and I it's probably why I love this and I right. don't, haven't gotten burned out after all these years um, but it's it's just so neat you know because the body is just so adaptive you right. know you push calories into someone their their metabolic rate will come up you pull calories and you go into some massive deficit your body will slowly if not quick I mean some they'll drop like that you know I have mm -hmm. one client who's just awesome she's just about to turn 30 She's killing it, great muscle ulcer, but her metabolic rate is so adaptive that in order for us to get her to lose weight, I push and then I pull and then I push, push and, and then pull. I pull because yeah. it will literally, as I push it, we'll get a good weigh in and then it'll stop. So then we'll pull it, we'll get a good weigh in and then it'll stop. Her it's body just, will grasp what it's trying to do yeah, very fast. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Okay. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing that, you know, when we start. You know, like even with the nutrition plan, the first thing I'll say when I send it over is this is just a foundation. Like this is this is just the beginning. You know, like we've got to build this to really fit your your life, your body, because what we put in, you put the same thing into the same, you know, two different people of the same, you know, kind of category, you know, weight, height, gender, those kind of things. Right. It'll do completely different, you know. Sure. So it's it's about manipulating it going forward so that it's really customized to them. Yeah. yeah so we're and, and I would say in this time, especially with Instagram and social media, yeah. we're very flooded with um, simple solutions. Mm -hmm. You know, so okay, plug your numbers into this calculator. Yeah, eat less than what this solution is giving you, you mm -hmm. will lose weight. Eat yeah. more than what this solution is giving you, you will gain weight. Yeah. Um, it's advertised. I would debate that it's advertised that these that fat loss, muscle gain, that there are simple solutions available because right. it's easier to market. Right. When someone comes in and they have the expectation of, well, if my BMR is thirteen hundred, let me just eat eleven hundred calories mm. uh, for the next you know eight weeks and that'll yeah. work. How do you how do you explain to them that this is more of a process of elimination and they might need to take some time to figure that stuff out because it's hard to switch that mentality. Yeah. How do you walk them through that? That's a great question. Um. One, their, their BMR is just kind of the start, and you know all this. Mm -hmm. um, the BMR is just the start. Then we add in you know, things like thermic effect of food, which is how many calories the body's going to burn just by digesting and absorbing it, which is very macronutrient dependent. You know, proteins, that's one reason why high-protein diets tend to work a little bit more in general because their mm -hmm. bodies are burning more calories just by digesting their food. Interesting. Protein okay. takes a lot more energy to break down. Right. So if you look at like 100 calories of protein – your body will burn 25 of those calories or 25% of those calories 
that you took in digesting, absorbing it. Where mm-hmm. carbs and fats, I think it's like three to eleven percent. So very, you know, no, that's a big difference. It's a huge difference, you know. So yeah, you see these people going on high protein diets. They'll say it's keto. They'll think it's low carb. It'll Atkins, whatever it is. And very few of those, you know, if they're trying to get into ketosis, actually ever get into ketosis. If they're losing weight, they're right. losing weight <laughs> because they kicked out all their carbs and then they ate a ton more protein. So their body's, right. you know, burning more. Um, but if, you know, if they're still matching those calories and they're eating ribeyes five days a week or five, you know, uh, meals a week, they're not right. going to be losing. So that thermic effect of food is, is massive. Um, their exercise calories and then just their lifestyle or what we call an activity index um, or how many calories they're burning outside of exercise. So, you know, you know whether they're like ha- they have an office job or they yeah. stay at home and they're on their feet, that kind of stuff. Beautiful. Yeah. Are they a fidgeter? You know, they like me and they can't sit still, you know, like they're just wanting to <laughs> move around all the time, you know. Right. Are they, um, you know, more hyperactive or are they just super chill, you know, like it's a Friday night and they have nothing to worry about and they're just hanging tight, you know, so that Mm -hmm. there's just there's differences in every single one, all four of those, you know, that, you know, you you change a little bit out of each one of those and you have massively different outputs. Right. So you tell them, okay, we have all these outputs. It's going to take some time. What are the processes that you have them um, kind of assess as they're going through it to figure out, okay, we're on the right track. We're not on the right track. What are you looking out for as they're, as they're adjusting their calories, yeah. as they're adjusting their nutrition? You know, oh, what, are, yeah. what are the things that you're looking out for to make sure, okay, we should change this or, oh, this is working well? Yeah. Oh, I mean, no, that's a great question. Um, energy. Energy is a big one. You know, how's your energy throughout the day? Mm. Are you crashing at certain times? Okay. Um, what's another one? You know, energy in the workouts. Um, how's sleep? You know, if they're not eating enough, they tend won't, they won't sleep as well. Um, and then, um, another big one, you know, is, is someone, uh, craving, you know, they craving a lot of sweet things, you know, um, that's what most will come because in. Because that could be hormone related. It can be hormone too, related. Right? It's also very carb dependent, you know, so you know about glycogen and all sorts of stuff. And throughout the years, and I don't know, I don't have anything to back this up, but, um, those that come in with a sweet tooth, it's like a red light for me. It's like, you're not eating enough. You do not have a decent enough glycogen storage to go to bed. Right. So, you know, what are you going to do? Your body's going to say, hey, my gas tank's low. And what glycogen is, for everyone out there, it's basically sugar water. It's sugar water in your muscles and your liver. It's kind of like that quicker energy past your just your regular blood sugar out there floating around. So if that's low in the evening, the body will tend to start craving sweet things. It doesn't want to go to bed because very few of us, I think, get up in the middle of the night and eat a snack. You know, right. So this is our last-ditch effort, the body says, to get some more glucose in, some more carbohydrate in. And if it's not getting that, it'll tend to crave okay. so that it goes to bed with a little bit more glycogen source so it doesn't go so anabolic. Okay. So immediately, you know, when I hear that, I go, okay, I, I guarantee you're probably not eating enough. You're not eating enough good quality carbs throughout the day. We get those in, you know, good breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, you know, if it fits their lives and stuff like that, having those snacks and stuff, but getting those good quality carbs. And then in the end of the day, they're not running this massive deficit and they've leaned on their gas tank or their gas all day long, that gas engine light, you know, the gas light's coming on. We mm-hmm. feed it a little better throughout the day. Those sweet tooths are gone, like gone 90% of the time. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so you talk about, okay, let's get some more good quality carbs yeah. in there. A lot of people, it's it's shifting, but a lot of yeah. people used to say, okay, carbs are carbs. Yeah. But they're not. They're not. No, right? they're not. So when you tell someone to have good quality carbs versus trashier carbs, yeah. you know, what, is that, what does that look like? What are the sources of carbohydrates that yeah. they should be leaning towards? And it's not, you know, 
because I'll talk about this all the time, good carbs versus bad carbs. I really don't, you know, I know I said good carbs, but um, it's still, you know, we have different sugar molecules. We have sucrose, which is in everything. You know, it's basically glucose and fructose. It's just a one-to-one ratio, whether it's the uh, sugar you're putting in your coffee, that's okay. sucrose, um, your added sugars, all sorts of stuff are all basically just a, a polymer uh, uh, disaccharide of glucose and fructose. Okay. When we talk about good carbs and bad carbs, if we want to kind of label them that way, the good carbs will tend to have more fiber. They tend to be more starch. They, they're slower. They're right. Slower. slower digesting. Yeah. So you could have okay. the same amount of you know carbohydrates going in, and one's a starburst, and the other one's you know like a whole grain this or that. You know, right. something with a little more fiber. They're both getting you know from a molecular level. They're both still sucrose going in. You know. Um, and that glucose in both of those products, whether it's Starburst or a whole grain cracker or whatever, it's still that glucose is wanting to be stored as glycogen. The fructose can't, but the glucose can. So it's really more about the digestibility, the fiber in there, the slowness factor. How your body absorbs it. How too. your body absorbs it and the quickness of it. You right. know, like before a workout or something like that. I'll have fun things, you know, like graham crackers. Or I want something quick. I right. want something, you know, I'll, I'll usually do, you know, some type of, you know, uh, fun cracker or something like that, and then a little fruit. And I have much better energy than if I just had the fruit or if I just had this or that because there's two different types of carbs really kind of going mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. So, and I think I, I, I would say that this whole um, a carb as a carb thing kind of happened when the If It Fits Your Macros movement yeah. got popular. Yeah. Because then we say, okay, you know, carbohydrates have four calories per gram. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, my Starburst has four calories per gram. <laughs> and so does my white rice. Yeah. Or so does yeah. my sweet potato. Yeah. But aside from the digestibility and things being different on a molecular level, I think a lot of things – uh, one thing that people tend to neglect too is the psychology and the, mm. the psychological aspect of yeah. the food that they're eating. Yeah. For example, I know for a fact if I if I have something sweet. Yeah. Um, earlier in the day. Okay. I'm going to be craving food so much more mm. later on. Yeah. If it's something that's more processed, hyper palatable, uh, I'm going to want something sweet more and more and more and more and more. But if yeah. I start with something that's like you said, slower, yeah. a lot healthier, it came. Uh, it, it, its previous form was basically a plant straight from yeah. the earth. I don't have those cravings. It, it definitely affects you psychologically. I mean, look at potato yep. chips, for example. Yeah. That's more of a uh, a, a savory mm-hmm. you know, craving, but it's yeah. still a craving. Yeah. It's it's no joke that when you eat one, <laughs> you want to have the rest. Yep. You know, if you ask someone to eat 500 calories of potato chips mm. and then ask them to eat 500 calories of, of a baked potato mm-hmm. – what do you think is going to happen? They're yeah. going to get palate fatigue. Oh yeah, from the from the baked potato. You yeah. can't eat five hundred calories. Oh yeah, you'd potato. be full. Right, but yeah. those potato chips are engineered and designed mm-hmm. to yeah. make you want more and more and more. Well, and yeah, more. and in that potato chip, one reason you know when we look at you know kind of crummier carbohydrates or snacky carbs or you know whether it's the potato chips, uh, Doritos or something mm-hmm. like that, it's we want to blame the carb going, oh, that's a carb because we can see the carb. Well, it was also baked or, you know, dunked in fat. You know, it was, right. it was, it was baked in fat. So yeah, the calories are going to jump up. And that's one reason why you can, you know, eat however many potato chips and get that 500 calories um, versus the, uh, the sweet potato or, or something or, or a white potato. or a baked potato yeah. or something like that. It takes up less room in the body. You know, right. of course you're going to be still hungry. You know, right. you can, I'll, you know, uh, when I'm, you know, looking through a plan and, you know, kind of discussing it with someone and they'll, they'll go, Oh my gosh, I'm so full. I'm so full from this lunch. And it comes out to 350 calories. 
and I'll show them a cookie that equals 350 calories. And I'm like, that 350 calorie cookie, I could probably have, you know, three or four of those. And, oh, and still, and yeah, be like, where's Two hours more? later, you want more. Yeah, exactly. Two hours more. Yeah, exactly. And then you show them that same meal, and they're like, they're still calorically equal. They're just different. You know, right. they're way different. You have all these proteins and other things like, you know, in, in your whole food meal and your cookie is just a bunch of sugar and fat. Things that are very easy to overeat. Right. You know, so it's, it's not that the cookie is bad. It's just... Maybe you can't just have one, right. and maybe it blows you out of the water because it's a 500-calorie cookie, uh-huh. and you're still hungry afterwards. The same thing goes with, like, juices and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with the juice, but if you can have that, you know, juice blend thing or whatever you picked up that's just a bunch of fruit juice um, without the fiber, without all this other stuff because it's juiced, and then you're hungry and you go and have your normal lunch or dinner how healthy was that you know right. like did it it's it's less about health and more about like what did it what did it do right you, know? you have to think about what it's causing you to want to do later on exactly as well. it's always a makeup game with anybody it's always this like okay this is fine here but what does it cause later you know by you not eating all day long because you're busy and stressed fine and well but what happens at the end of the night you know or do you overindulge do you you know like because you're so hungry i mean literally within nutrition it is all, in my opinion, you know, because I do work with a lot that are, you know, very busy. Moms, you know, kids, yeah, yeah. work, you know, juggling it all, you know, making the American dream. That's right. <laughs> They've become so busy that they, you know, they they drink coffee all day, blah, 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 you know, whatever. And then the nighttime comes and they're like, I, I can't stop, you know. And that's because you, you drove your car all day long. You never filled it up. You know, you can't take your car up and down I-25 90 miles an hour and not want to not have to fill up every three to four hours. Right. So if you go into that nighttime and you're just undercaloried and your your body's very efficient and very mm-hmm. amazing machine, it doesn't want to just like peace out on us, yeah. you know, like it it wants to survive. Sure. Yeah. So going back to the the measurements that we're using for progress to make sure, okay, this is mm. working well, this is not. You yeah. talked about, you know, the cravings, mm-hmm. um, the energy levels during the day. So if I'm not craving anything, you know, for the listeners, if they're making adjustments to their nutrition, yeah. they're not having cravings, that's a good sign. Yeah. They have energy levels throughout the day, that's a mm. good sign. They have energy throughout their workout, that's a good sign. Is there anything, you know, weight related yeah. or body composition related that you use to help your clients figure out if they're oh, on the yeah. right track? What oh, can abs- people do? Yeah in regards to weight and progress yeah. to make sure that they're doing the right thing. You know, there's lots of different tools out there and we want to put them all together and we want them to match up. So mm. I'll walk through this. So we use our in body, which you know about the in body. It's not perfect. You know, no machine is, you can, you can mess with the DEXA machine, right. which is by far the pinnacle out there. I mean, you can throw that thing. You've done it. You know? Right. So if people don't know, how does the in body work? Yeah. So that, uh, the in body and there's other ones out there. I mean, even your bathroom scale at home, that'll read out a percent body fat these days. They're very different in their technology. Well, in their application of the technology. Right. It's what's called bioimpedance, you okay. know, bioelectrical impedance. It's basically throwing all these different um, um, microhertz up through your feet and out through your hands and measuring okay. the resistance of fat, water, muscle, bone, um, wa- yeah, all those. So then from that impedance, it's able to say, okay, of your 150 pounds, this much is muscle, this much is fat, and this much is water, and uh-huh. then it, it'll give you a basal metabolic rate, visceral fat, all sorts of stuff. So that's a great tool to use but it's still not perfect you know when someone has a great reading or or battery i'm like does this match up with how you're feeling so the in the end it's how they're looking how they're feeling you know in the mirror in their clothes not with clothes whatever when they're looking in the mirror going yeah i'm I'm making progress because from a weight aspect 
especially those that, you know, come in and they're not just wanting to lose weight, you know, like there's, there's all these different avenues that I'll, you know, from a mental aspect that I'll walk someone through. Is it someone that literally, they don't care about anything except for that weight going down. That's all they care about, you know, and we'll talk through that part. But if they're like, hey, I want to maintain my muscle mass, I want to increase or maintain my muscle mass and lose fat at the same time, which is the absolute only way to do it and should be because when we're losing muscle, we're losing metabolism, all sorts of stuff. So we never really want to sacrifice muscle just to lose weight because then you're playing that catch-up game later of like, yeah, I lost all this weight, but it all came back on. That's because a lot of it was muscle, muscle and water. It goes back to that, what are the consequences conversation. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we want those, all those to match up, you know, whether it's the in-body or, you know, tape measurements at home, um, you know, taking circumferences, you mm. know, use like the Navy method. There's all sorts of ways to do it on your own. Um, but that everything's matching up and saying, hey, let's continue the same course. Or is something a little off and then we need to, you know, kind of come back to square one and then move forward, you know. Right. You know, reevaluate everything. What's what's the compliance? You know, compliance is number one. You know, just training, nutrition, whatever it might be. If you're not doing it, just because you gave someone a bunch of money to write you a nutrition plan or a you know a workout program, if they don't do it, then they're just kind of spinning their wheels. Right. So, <laughs> I find it interesting that you said all of those are tools. Yeah, they're tools in a tool belt. That's what I explain yeah. to my clients too. They're not the answers. Mm. They're things that you use to figure out. Okay. Is this pointing us in the right direction or not? For example, I have all I send people into you guys all the time to get in bodies. Yeah, and they say, "Well, you know, I had one, and she was like, there's no freaking way I'm 36 percent body fat.'" <laughs> and I was yeah. like, "I don't think you're obese either. You don't look yeah. anything like there's no way." Yeah, but you have to remember. I told her you have to remember that we're not looking at this test to figure out what your body fat percentage mm, is beautiful we're looking at this test to figure out how it's changed since the last time exactly so if it says 36 but it's really 30 who who cares yeah. as long as next time you go in it's 34 but in, in reality whatever it's 28 as yeah. long as we have a two percent change yeah that's what we're looking that's for beautiful. right that's so we so have smart. to figure out yeah. what that changes over time so if we were to put together like a list if you were to put together like a list of the top three things in your opinion of what yeah. people can be looking out for in their day-to-day life to show them that, that show them that they are either doing well or not doing well. We're, we'll say, you know, three signs that they're doing well, three signs that they need to change something. What would those be things oh. that they can look out for to see, you know, how their progress is how doing. How their progress is doing. Um, number one would probably be clothes are fitting different. Okay. You know, if they want to be lose, you know, and that's not the end all be all, but sure. that is usually one. It's that, another tool. It's another tool. Yeah. And it's got, you got to give it time. Um, I, th- I think patience, patience is a virtue, but it, it can't hold more true than in nutrition. And, you know, this whole industry of you've got to be patient. Some are quick losers. Some are slow losers, you know, and that goes back to the metabolism, all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. But how clothes are fitting, how they're looking in the mirror, and then which can be subjective because that individual is looking at themselves every single day. You know, like I see my clients about every week to two weeks. Right. So I'll be like, well, you know, if, if, if it's kind of just going back via email in between our, our actual in-person follow-ups, it's more of, you know, would your husband or wife or, you know, like, are they noticing a difference? And they're usually like, yeah, my husband says I'm looking different, but okay. I don't feel it. Well, or I'm, I don't see it. Well, that's because you look at yourself, you know, five times a day, you know, checking your hair in the mirror or whatever. And I'm like, I can see it in your face. You're starting to slim down those things. So that, you know, relying on those other people that you trust, you know, husband, wife, mm-hmm. mom, dad, something like that going, you know, 
am I looking a little better? Is, is this working? Okay, so That's, we got clothes and we got what are other people saying? Yeah, absolutely. What else? Um, and then just general energy throughout the day. Okay. I would just say, yeah, making sure that – because, yeah, you can have crummy energy. Um, you can eat like a rabbit, all sorts, and you're going to lose weight. You know, go eat 1,000 calories a day. Most 90% of people will lose weight doing that. Mm-hmm. But – is it really getting us where you want to be? You know, is long it really term. long term? Yeah. So it's, and with that, you know, someone eating 500,000 calories will usually have pretty crummy energy. So that's another giveaway that, hey, you're eating too little, you know, and that's mm. what a lot can yeah, Okay. Yeah, yeah. So for a person that's it's eating too little, because I, yeah. I also find this very common, especially yeah. um, with my clients. They come in, protein's always extremely low. Yeah. They're eating very little. They tend to be, um, more often than not, they're more type A, you know, mm. they're cortisol junkies. They yeah. want to kick their own asses mm-hmm. and then their, you know, hormones are all screwed up. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, okay, we need to do more strength training and eat more food. And yeah. they're like, you've lost your freaking mind. <laughs> That's what I love about you, Adam. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yep, yep. So you, I'm sure you've had the same thing where you say, okay, you know, Mrs. Johnson, we need to eat more food. Yeah. And they're like, what? I yeah. need more food? How, how? How do you explain to someone how that. eating more food can actually help and how, yeah. how do you introduce more food into their diet without the potential risk of putting on a lot of body fat? Yeah. I think the first thing to, to, to start there is eating more food and eating more calories is totally different. You know, oh, that was that cookie, okay. you know, the cookie versus a whole food meal of 500 calories. Okay, right. So most likely if they're struggling with their weight, struggling with their, you know, amount of fat that they have in their body – they're not necessarily eating too little. They're eating too many calories in the end. Okay, explain so what you mean by let that. me walk through this because yeah. it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a mind puzzle. They will recall, and even you do a food recall on someone, they will, will look, you know, starting from breakfast on, and it'll be little, 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 little. You know, like we call it the fat man diet. We call it sumo dieting. There's a b- bunch of different terms for it for undereating throughout the day because we're super stressed and busy and stuff like that. And then overeating at night. Okay. So throughout the day, they can recall, hey, I didn't, it's not like I went to McDonald's for breakfast and lunch. I didn't, you know, I didn't go out to, to lunch at, you know, whatever rib place or whatever, but they forget a little bit of how much went in the evening. Okay. You know, they get home, they had a couple glasses of wine, Ugh, they snacked a little bit wine, on their dude. kids' Cheez-Its, right. they had dinner, and then they, you know, had another glass of wine, you know, or something like that to sure. wear, and then that sweet tooth kicks in, and they're tending to have, you know, with that sweet tooth, they're tending to have little foods that are high in calories, so a little Snickers bar, or um, that glass of wine, or something like that, so it's more of what actually happened you didn't recall it very well, you know, from mm. a calorie aspect. So it's little, little, little uh, too much. throughout the day and then way too much. So the metabolism, in my opinion, will deregulate a little bit throughout the day. You know, as your body has figured out how to maintain this, you know, you okay. can take someone that is, used to be a big breakfast eater and they kind of get a hold of certain, you know, avenues out there and all of a sudden they're not eating till one o'clock. Well, they probably were miserable for a little while, but they, they changed up and just like, those that do that, I'll start getting a breakfast in so that, and it's all an attempt to combat the evening. You know, if you haven't eaten, well, and I had to do this. So I was interviewed by 5280 Magazine a couple of years ago when intermittent fasting was just coming on. I said, okay, it's fine. We got together with a, a physician and all sorts of stuff. It was pretty new in the game, so we didn't have much research to go off of. Mm-hmm. So we were just kind of throw our hands up and go, sure. hey, from a 
you know, because um, I do deal with a lot of young gals that have eating disorders, stuff like that. So we came from that aspect going, hey, I don't know if we really want to tell our children not to eat and then to binge at one. Right. So I did it because I had to, I had I had to talk about this. I couldn't stop eating at that one o'clock. You know, like I'd eat four or five thousand calories and be like, I, where's more? Right. For a lot that do that, they if they can keep their intake okay there at one o'clock from what they need and just got and they just got rid of that breakfast and snack, then they'll do well. But a lot we naturally kind of intermittent fast a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. that's what the sumo dieting is. So if you <laughs> if you look at sumo dieters, you know, when they're training, it's not like they are force fed all day. They're not eating the equivalent of, you know, cheeseburgers and ding dongs and ho-hos all day. Mm -hmm. They're starved all day long until about three or four in the afternoon. Oh, they are eating thousands of calories and then they go to bed. (laughs) I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah. They're literally, so they'll slow their metabolism down a little bit. Now I'm not saying it comes crashing down and everyone's in a short span of time, in a short span of time is exactly right. But over time, I think the body, and I don't have anything to back this up, I think over time you do that long enough and your body will know that it needs to slow down. Mm-hmm. It would just be as if you got in your car or your truck and it was on empty, but the gas station was 20 miles away. You can get there, right? right? You know, if I mean, your you engine could, you could adapt, it yeah. might say, okay, I might need to slow down. I'm going to slow down. Right. But naturally in our car, we're going to be like, okay, we're going to coast there to the gas station and not floor it most okay. likely. Because gotcha. we can get there. We know we can get there. Right. 20 miles on an, you know, and your gas light comes on, you you can get 20 miles yeah. once I, I put it to test. <laughs> but <laughs> I guarantee you, I, I got there not because I floored it, but because I was just pretty easy on that gas, you know, coasting into the stop sign or right, something like right. that. So, yeah, I believe that the body will naturally kind of slow down a little bit. Um, and you'll see that in things like, um, you know, your fidget factor, your your activity index. Mm-hmm. You know, you tend to be a little slower. Now we can combat that with more caffeine, which is another appetite suppressant and all sorts of stuff. But in the end, it really comes down to then what happens in the evening. And for right. most of us, um, most of my clients, it's, it's tough. Right. It's tough. Then they're saying, hey, all I remember really <laughs> is that I didn't have breakfast or I had a little snickerdoodle and I had a coffee and, you know, I went all day without eating. That must account for something. Well, it, it does. I mean, you, you didn't eat as many calories as you were expending. But then what happened in that evening? Right. You know, there, there lies kind of like why you're not seeing those results. Okay. You're, you're telling your body to be as – it sounds counterintuitive, uh, uh, but to be more efficient. Right. Yeah, we don't okay. necessarily, you know, those that struggle with their weight, we don't want your body to be efficient when it comes to calories. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. So you're telling you're telling Mrs. Johnson to eat more. Yeah. So <laughs> as you explain that, are they are they actually eating more calories or are they just eating the same amount but choosing healthier options that will mm. keep them more full throughout the day and then having that spread out? Or are you actually introducing more energy slash more calories into their day. I think it's very case dependent. I I could say yes to both of those. Those that are chronically underfed. So let's take them that they are. What would you say chronically underfed is? Um, they're eating 800 calories. Okay. Something like that, you know, something really low, absurdly low that anybody should be losing weight doing that. My, my six year old would lose weight eating, you know, 800 calories, but somehow they're not, but (laughs) well, let's take the example that they are. Okay. They actually are eating 800 because I've seen this and we've done, you know, it was more like 1200 and they weren't losing, but we'll say 800 just for the shock value of it, okay. <laughs> of 800 Perfect. calories. Cause most would say, I don't know anybody would say, yeah, that's pretty low. Yeah. So they're eating 800 calories, but they're not losing weight. Well, 
it's most likely it, well it is is their metabolic rate has come down you know right. it has come down to match it and that's right. what cyclic dieting will do you know years and years you'll see someone you know 50 years old restrict binge yo-yo. restrict binge yeah. yeah exactly they have taught their body to survive mm-hmm. you know so that and there it's we're not going lower right yeah <laughs> we're not going to go well and that and that's where they chase it you know that's that's where people will chase it in that 800 calories isn't losing weight so what are they going to do well, they're going to eat 700 calories. Well, then when that stops working, they're going to have to eat 600 calories. You know, right. and all of a sudden we're talking about really bad eating patterns and, you know, things that become very clinical. Well, especially, you know, if we were modern hunt or if we were like hunter gatherers, yeah. you know, eating 500 calories is manageable. Yeah. But in everyday life, it's not. <laughs> no, it's You know, not. so we have to reverse that. So we, yeah. what do you do? You start bringing it back up slow. Okay. And some respond well, some don't. You okay. Know, it just, and that's where it's case dependent. That's where there are no... Um, definitives okay. I, I don't believe there are definitives in nutrition because sure. you can you can find someone else to to prove that was wrong or right. pr- find someone else to prove that was right right you know it's all mean? it's all it, there's there's too much individual variance but for the sake of this conversation let's let's talk about the person that you're going to bring back up and they do respond well you know you're yeah. you're reintroducing calories mm. how, how what does that process look like for you how, how are you reintroducing those calories back into their diet um, cause you said you do it slow. Yeah. So it's slow. Mean? Yeah. So it's, you know, a week or two with a slow increase of maybe a hundred calories, Okay, you know, and seeing if the body responds. Now you got to take into account compliance because that sure. is number one. And you know, that's where, when we start reverse, we'll call it reverse engineering nutrition to where we're bringing it back up and not just going lower compliance becomes even more, you know, and to add just a hundred calories into a day is kind of tough for someone to adhere to, you know, going, Oh yes, it was exactly, not that it needs to be exactly a hundred calories. We don't need to be that specific, but somewhere, you know, very close to that. Um, and keeping it to where, you know, so I always want to, and so does like every nutritionist and everything out there, I always want to equate things or, or make examples, um, to make it more make sense is, you know, the car analogy, the, the, um, oven and, you know, like (laughs) the, uh, campfire analogy yeah. of, you know, and you know, a lot of it can, can be, be true. You know, like if the metabolism is low, like a dwindling campfire, well, we wouldn't go, you know, bring the forest down on top of it and go, you know, grab everything that we can and just like, just throw it on sure. there. Um, it'll probably smother it out. Right. So what do we want to do? We want to bring it up slowly, you know, so okay. little bits here and all of a sudden then you have a roaring fire now, you know, age dependent, all sorts of stuff will determine a lot of if it's successful or not, right. you know, it's not perfect. And they might be gaining a little bit of weight, but what's that? And that gets back to what's the weight made up of, you know, right. that bathroom scale is not definitive, you know, like right. I'll have, you know, and you can thread the needle for quite a while, you know, you can gain muscle and lose fat for a little while, you know, it's right. not indefinite, but, um, you know, if we can thread that needle, the weight doesn't change, but you're losing fat. You, you know? also have to consider, you know, are you willing to, you know, gain three pounds of body fat to gain whatever, for yeah. the sake of the conversation, 10 pounds of muscle yeah. to have a faster metabolism long term mm. yeah. to make fat loss easier long term. Exactly. And have more fun in life. You know, right. you go into those, you know, you can have two gals or two guys, you know, one with, you know, really crummy muscle mass or percent body fats like 40. Or you can have the same guy, you know, uh, structure, but uh, has a lot more muscle, a lot less mm-hmm. fat. They go out to dinner. The one that has a bunch of muscle gets to have a lot more fun. Yeah. You know, like they don't have to worry about if they had an extra this or that that they're going to, you know, put on weight. Their bodies are just, you know. Yeah. So I come I come to you and my metabolism is slow and we're going to introduce calories yeah. and say, okay, Adam, let's add, let's add 100. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm consistent. I'm yeah. complying. Uh, how, how are you going to know? How are you, yeah. my coach? How are you going to know that those 100 calories – 
um, are being distributed well. My body's absorbing them well. Mm. What, what are your What are your signs there? The composition. The composition. Okay. The composition. So how absolutely. how often are you testing this with your with your two clients? weeks every, every two, two weeks? weeks. Yeah, okay. I used to go about every week, but it, you see some results in a week, but two weeks really kind of starts to add up I a would, little bit yeah, more and, and all sorts of stuff. So okay. two weeks works pretty well. Going past a month, uh, you know, if someone says how long, you know, how often should I check my composition? Whether it's you know using an in body, a bod pod, a dex or whatever. Yeah. And I'm you know, and so we get asked a lot. Um, depends on how into it you are. You know, like how much effort are you putting into? Because you kind of get put in this like nutrition time warp to where right. two weeks feels like two months, two months feels like two years, and you're like. Uh, why haven't I lost 30 pounds yet? Well, it's been two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why can't also, I see my abs yet? Well, it's been two weeks. Yeah. Also, stop getting your information from Instagram. You're exactly. Not exactly. Or the weeks. grocery store checkout magazine, all right. sorts of stuff. I'll just recommend not to go past a month. If you're really diligent and you're, you know, kind of wanting to see, you know, if things are working because every month something happens, you know, someone gets sick, you go out of town, something happens. And, and uh, so you look back and you go, well, for three weeks I was on it, but in oh, that one week it was really bad. Saying. You know, okay. we had the Super Bowl, or, <laughs> or it was Christmas or it was New Year's and I had this. So then you're kind of, you're not seeing the results you, you, you thought you should be seeing. Right. Well, and it's hard to identify because of a bigger time frame. Yes, exactly. As far as what happened. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, and so you, you tell me to add those extra 100 calories, 150, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, where am I getting those calories from? How are you assigning those to me? Because I can say, okay, yeah. fantastic. Extra yeah. 100 calories, two chips of Hoy cookies. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how are you recommending yeah. that as far as where I am think I getting it, those? It, no, I think from? that's a great question too. Um, I think it depends on how their meals are spread out. You know, are they breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, maybe snack. If it's like that, then, you know, let's look at some parts where maybe you're getting a little hungry mm. or maybe before you're getting a little hungry. You know, if it's a breakfast, lunch, dinner or something like that, again, where are you seeing a little bit of slowdown in the afternoon? Well, let's add those extra hundred calories um, to, to lunch. Then when it comes down to what are those calories made up of, you know, is it a protein? Is it a carb? Is it a fat? I look at the overall intake throughout the day, you know, right. and then kind of check that against, you know, like, are they really active or do they just kind of hang out? If their protein is a little lower within those calories they're already eating, I'd rather be protein. Right. You know, it's going to have that higher thermic effect, all sorts of stuff. But be if a they're already more set and their yeah. fat's super low, hormones, hormones are jacked up because of that. Yeah. We may just add calories of fat exactly okay. yeah it's all got to it's all different puzzles to put together an awesome you know picture right you know so on the protein piece i kind of want to use that to transition into the supplement mm. uh, space here so how often do you have people come in like yeah. percentage wise that are under consuming protein oh every day all day long well 90 yeah. percent of people 90 percent. oh absolutely. yeah i would say at least 90 percent for well, me as well yeah so what would you, you know, what would you say is under consuming? How much protein, you know, should Ooh. the listeners be getting? How much protein yeah. are they supposed to be eating? Okay, so to start with, a hundred grams of protein has been shown to help support enzymes and hormone production. Just a hundred, like your body will use at least that per day. It has nothing to do with muscle. So protein is, you know, because if protein equaled more muscle then you could just eat protein all day long and have massive muscles. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, protein is also a calorie, so it can be used as energy. It, protein can be stored as fat. I mm -hmm. mean, there's also, I mean, protein is not, it, it's, what sets it apart from our other macronutrients is, 
is well a few things one of them is that thermic effect of food it just costs the body a lot more and it's more satiating and you know literally the protein is you know it's made up of amino acids and amino acids in latin literally means uh building block of life so you know millennia ago they knew how important protein was um what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> I get off I on these you, things, man. dude. I hear it's you. Nuts. Um, it's so nuts. how much protein should, oh, yeah, should we pro- be eating? Yeah. You can Google it. You can Google how much protein I should get. And what's it going to say? It's going to say 0.8 to 1.2 grams per, per pound of weight. Overall weight. Okay. Overall weight. Well, that doesn't speak to how active they are. doesn't speak to their muscle mass because mm-hmm. you could have a twin sitting next to you. You're both same weight. But he's a couch potato, doesn't work out all the time, doesn't train. You know, his muscle mass is much lower, his fat's much higher, where mm-hmm. your muscle mass is much higher and your fat is much lower. You burn way different calories. You need, you have way different protein requirements. Mm-hmm. So I base it on their muscle mass. Okay. I literally will base their protein needs on their goals, all sorts of stuff, but mostly on their muscle. Mu- on their muscle. Okay. Yeah. So if the listener knows how much muscle they have, how, yeah. much, how many pounds of of lean muscle tissue they have, yeah. what would you advise as if far it's, as protein intake? If it's based on their lean lean body mass, which is muscle and water, I'll usually sit anywhere, depending on how active they are, anywhere from like uh, 2.2 grams per kilogram to three. So okay, 2.2 to three uh, grams, grams of protein per kilogram of, of lean, lean body, body mass. mass. Okay, that is one of the absolute best ways. To and do kilograms it. to pounds, 2.2, two. right? Yep, 2.2. Yep, okay. 2.2. All right, um, and so. Protein is it's hard to eat a lot of. It is. So one of the things that I try to tell my clients is like, don't worry, or even people listening, don't worry too much about, at least I would say you could tell yeah, me if oh you no. disagree, but like don't worry too much about the range. Yeah. I would say it's very hard to eat an unsafe amount of protein, especially if you're not using supplements, <laughs> yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Um, more protein, the better. If you overshoot a little bit. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Yeah, I'm the same way. Now, if you're overshooting and that's causing you to eat an additional 500 calories a day and that's Mm. causing you to gain body fat and that's where all your extra calories are coming from, okay, we might want to take it down. But again, like you said, it's very satiating. It's very hard to overconsume. It's very hard to overconsume. And a lot of my clients I know initially have a hard time eating that additional protein. Yeah. You know, so they want to immediately say, okay, I, I, an extra chicken breast is a frick is a lot. Can I just have a protein shake? Yeah. You know, so then we get into the the supplement (laughs) topic. Yeah. Um, when people are looking for a protein supplement, what should they be? One, do you recommend that it should be a part of everybody's Mm. daily intake Two, if so, or if not, and it should be supplemental and supplements, what should they be looking for in a protein supplement? Yeah. Number one, it's supplemental. That's okay. yeah. That's what we believe since day one of opening our first store. If it's a fit, great. If it's not, great. So you're saying, as much as you possibly can, get your protein from Whole Foods. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah. Any supplement is just that. It's just supplemental. It's okay. filling gaps. Do you have those gaps? Okay, like um, post workout protein. Um, if so- someone wants to get a post workout protein and they don't want to sit down to a piece of chicken and, and, you know, get their carb along with it and a potato or something like that, then a protein supplement might be a pretty easy, right. you know, it'll, it'll help getting that extra protein because it's liquid form, right? Sure. So it might be easier to consume after it's good, a workout. Exactly. So if you say to someone, oh, you need an extra 30 grams of protein, again, just like you were mentioned, you can sit down to this chicken breast, <laughs> And, you know, it's going to take you a little while. Or you can drink this protein shake. And along with normal whole food, awesome. You know, right. those those that I'll never let be replaced with a protein supplement are lunch and dinner. 
um, breakfast only fits like a well-built-out smoothie, and they're right. saying, hey, I just don't have the time. So mm-hmm. I'd rather like, okay, let's build out this smoothie. Let's get your fats in there. Let's get your veggies in there. Let's get some fruits in there. Let's get some, you know, stable carbohydrates, you know, maybe some oatmeal in there into the smoothie and then throw the protein powder in there. So but we it just is don't want to use it as a crutch. Though. Exactly. Don't use it as a crutch. Which don't. can be easy. It can be. It can be so easy. It can right. absolutely be okay. so easy. So I want to, so I'm going to try to remember all my questions here. I want to <laughs> go back to what you talked about with the post-workout. Yeah. Do do people need, do they have to have a post-workout no, protein shake? No, not okay. at all. Not at all. So what would you recommend? So how, you know, when, when are times when people might yeah. want one versus if, it, you know, it's fine if they wait? Yeah. So um, you, you brought up a great point. I believe now saying that they don't need it doesn't mean I don't believe that they should have it. Okay. The reason why is because it's, it's, it's all guarding against the evening, in my opinion. You know, so those, someone that works out in the morning, and they're doing some high intensity, you know, they're burning a lot of calories, whatever it might be. Maybe they're strength training, maybe they're whatever. It naturally, by definition, is going to put them in a bigger caloric deficit. You know, so they're getting up, maybe they're not eating anything before, then they're working out, and then they're running off, you know, so they're working out, then they run off to work. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, working out can have a very, what we call anorexic effect, you know, um, in that it doesn't make them hungry. You know, it actually suppresses their appetite. Mm-hmm. I know that goes for me. Might be because I take some pre-workout. I don't know. It's <laughs> just another appetite suppressant. Right. And so after my workout, I have to do a protein shake because I have no appetite. Right. Sitting it's down ridiculous. and having a full meal whole food sounds awful. Yeah, it sounds absolutely dreadful. Right. But it doesn't mean that those calories weren't burned. And it doesn't mean that the body isn't going to want to eventually make up for that. Because it doesn't just want to sit in massive deficits and just be like, hey, we're all right. You know, it's going to end up at the end of the night. For most, not everybody, but for most, cause them to be really hungry. You know, oh, okay. if it's that afternoon or whatever. What you're saying. You know, just client after client after client that does that will always overeat at night. Mm-hmm. So how do I safeguard against that or at least um, do something about it? Right. That's to give a post-workout okay. or a pre-workout. I go back and forth all the time, you know, depending on their needs and stuff. Some I'll just give a little pre-workout because then they'll roll right into breakfast or something like that. Uh, but those that – Especially that work out at night, you know that they're um, they'll come home, um, they'll work out, then they'll have dinner, but they're still hungry afterwards. I'll usually do like a protein shake before okay. bed. So you you're know. saying it's just a tool to guard against the late night binging. Exactly. So yeah. what you're saying necessarily is that it's not so much eating in the evening that's horrible. It's just yeah. that the way we live our lives, being busy earlier in the day, mm-hmm. makes us tend to want to overeat at night Overdo and then cause us to eat too many calories. Is that what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. So not just eating at night is horrible. No, it's not at so, all. Right. No, it's more so yeah. how you tend to handle your food intake because you've been starving all day. Exactly. And the wine as well. Yeah. And the wine, the wine, the whiskey, the whatever right. it is, you know, I'll get uh, uh, text messages all the time going, oh, I missed my dinner and now it's nine o'clock. Well, have your dinner. Like right. there is nothing in the body <laughs> that says, oh, it's past six o'clock. So everything I eat is going to be stored as fat. Right. And to get back to that, how to prove that, is you have that BMR, that basal metabolic rate, that is literally in your face saying you burn this many calories in a 24-hour period, not in a 12-hour period when mm-hmm. you're awake. Mm-hmm. All Your, your engine's always going. Now, yeah, it's burning hotter when we're sitting here doing this or in a workout. That's a whole different number. Right. It would be as if you parked your car at night with a full gas tank and you got up in the morning and it was empty. Okay. Well, that's because you turn that machine off. That machine turns off. Our machine doesn't turn off. Our bodies don't just turn off because we went to bed. Okay, so, that makes sense. Okay, that's yeah. good to know because I feel like a lot of people fear that. Oh, big time, you know, yeah. Oh, I can't eat. 
Um, before we go back to the supplements, I want to talk about the wine and alcohol. Mm. How does alcohol affect the way we burn calories, our metabolism, mm. all that stuff? Well, it's a whole different um, – well, so let's talk about wine. Wine is alcohol and sugar. Alcohol is not a carbohydrate. It's an alcohol. Mm-hmm. It has seven calories per gram to where the carbohydrate or the sugar, we'll say wine, has four calories per gram. So, so you're saying 11. 11, to- yeah, well – Per gram, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess you could you could add those together. Okay. I've never done that. <laughs> never thought to do that. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. They are um, like if you have a shot of whiskey or something like that, or you know Everclear or something, dis- you know, disgusting like that. Um, <laughs> those are there's. N- I think so many think that oh that's a carbohydrate. I, I, uh, that's sugar. It's not. It's an alcohol. It's only when we you know in beer or in wine to where we start getting actual carbohydrates with our alcohol. So alcohol is kind of interesting. Um, it's a calorie just like anything else, but it tends, I mean, this is where we see like uh, fatty alcohol, uh, fatty liver alcoholic syndrome, stuff like that okay. um, versus non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is because alcohol tends to, it, it wants to be stored. It wants to be, it, it's kind of treated as fat in the body. It gets stuck oh, in the liver, all sorts of weird metabolic processes happen, but it is still a calorie. You know, right. it's still, if you got more than you needed, you're gonna, your body's gonna have no um, option but to store it, and that same thing goes for protein. It's just harder to overdo protein. Right. It's one of the biggest. I think alcohol is one of the biggest areas people. It, it's on my list of red flags. Is it? So yeah. if I get a call, and someone's like, "Hey, I want to do this, but I'm not willing to give up my three mm, glasses of wine tonight," yeah. like, okay, it's not gonna be. A good yeah, it's fit. not a good fit. Is like, it? I'm not asking you to change your lifestyle and be miserable, yeah. but like. And then at the end of the day, yeah. you're going to have to make adjustments. And if yeah. those three glasses of wine are causing you to have additional calories, but we also have to consider, uh, you know, what's happening when we when we kind of lose our inhibition a little bit. And then mm. we're like, ah, you know what? I'm going to have those Oreos. Exactly. Oh, you nailed it right in the head. You know, so it changes the way we process our thinking. Mm-hmm. And then it tends us to overeat a little bit more. So there's yeah. always these consequences. But yeah, you have a few glasses and you're like, well, I'm good. I'll have that. That's right. Nice. And that tends to happen at parties and stuff. Absolutely. And, you, you know, snacky. when snacky, the snacky, you get snacky. Your then your sleep usually goes to crap. Right. You know, like you you pass out, not literally. You, you yeah. fall asleep. It's easier to fall asleep, but then you pop awake, and you're like, Boop. like this will happen with my wife with Vaughn. She'll have like a few sips. She'll fall asleep, and then she's up the rest of the night. You know, right. like so it really inhibits. And good then we sleep have hormones. Production. Yeah, and up. then we're hungry the next day because. Our cortisol is high because we didn't sleep. Our ghrelin is high and our um, leptin's low. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. It when you mentioned the three glasses, I mean that's a huge red flag, yeah. right? You know, you're like, what are we? We're really dealing with something else when it comes to three. If someone says, oh, I'm glass, I have a glass of wine a night, and it's you know four ounces, four or five ounces. I'm like, okay, we can fit that in. But right. if you want to fit in three glasses of wine a night, you're not eating dinner now. Right. You know, from a from just a calorie aspect. Right. And I'm not willing to. Have you and I'm not going to have you do that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. exactly right. So come back to me when you want to be a little more moderate in this right. thing. When when your overall goals are higher than I need to, I need to have three That's glasses. Yeah, of wine. and that happens every time. Well, I really, I, I, I need it to wind down. Well, yeah. you might need to see a. Therapist. You might need to see a therapist. Seriously, though, yeah. like oh, if absolutely. you feel like you need that to oh, wind yeah. down, oh, we've yeah. got. Uh, this is way beyond nutrition. Oh, it is. You're getting into things, you know, specifically with females, which they are absolutely more prone to things like cirrhosis of the liver. Oh, so you'll literally, you know, it happens all the time. You know, I'll be dealing with the the wife um, and going through her food recall, and she'll be like, "Yeah, my husband and I, we have, you know, three, two or three glasses of wine at night, or three, two or three shots, or whatever." I go, okay, we need to have to talk about this because he's going to get away with that. 
Uh-huh. But you do that year over year, and you are way more prone to things like cirrhosis of the liver, yada, yada, yada. You got to stop that stuff right. because he'll get away with it. Both are going along, and you're going to have problems because right. you are – it's just like going out to dinner, you know, with your, your spouse. You know, the, the um, you know you, you're sitting down, and you tend to want to eat like everybody else. You know, like, oh, my husband got to eat that much. Well, why can't I? Well, you're a foot shorter than he is, you know, those kind of things. Um, so kind of playing into that – um, why can they do it, but I can't? Well, there's physiological differences. Sure. So, <laughs> man, this is this keeps going in a good it's direction. Good. So I'm gonna roll with it. Um, you also mentioned your wife being in a situation mm. where, and I, listeners, sorry, I know we were on supplements. We'll get back to it, but you mentioned your wife being in a situation where she had just, I mean, you, you, she just has to eat less. She does. But you guys are in the same household, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. food is it, it's it's hard to be like. This is yours and this is mine. <laughs> how yeah. how do you how does she manage that? And how is she working on trying to eat more food without gaining that body fat? Yeah. Um, it comes down to I think just sh- it sounds lazy, but uh, not her. Um, <laughs> I don't get myself in trouble. Um, <laughs> it's sheer willpower, you yeah. know, like especially with us having three kids when there's always little snacky things around, you know, right. like there's uh, you know, uh, thing of applesauce here, you know, a little squeezy go-go. Th- you guys haven't got into this yet. You'll get into it someday. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God, probably got a few years. Give me a few years here. <laughs> You'll get into it. You'll, you guys will understand what I'm saying. Um, she just, she's got to be able to say no, you mm-hmm. know, or somehow increase her exercise or her activity to negate those. Right. You know, and that if, energy goes in. If energy goes into our bodies, it's going to stay there, right. you know, unless we burn it. You know, like when we, when someone has extra fat in their body, there's no magic pill. There's no nothing. You've got to burn that stuff out. You know, you right. put it in. We put it in there. you got to burn it out. It's not just going to magically. Yeah. yeah. And for those listening, I'm sure they're thinking, <laughs> well, are you freaking kidding me? Like, I just yeah. have to suck it up and eat less than everybody and be miserable. Yeah. We're not just saying that. No. Sure. There are times where you have to have willpower, but there are things you can do yeah. to speed up your metabolism. I mean, you Absolutely. can strength train, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, strength training. I mean, I, I can't quite we I mean I don't know if anybody can quite explain the physiological differences differences aside from muscle mass but mm. there are situations where I'm slowly increasing you know one of my female clients intake and mm. you know she started eating 1200 calories but now we're up to 2200 mm, calories like yeah. 6 8 months later yeah. and her muscle mass hasn't changed enough to represent that calorie difference okay and so it's like yeah, your muscle mass went up but not enough yeah. to have a thousand calories but who cares you're ma- you're maintaining your weight at a thousand calories yeah. like because you're strength training. There mm. is an element that mm. feeds into that. So if you're listening and you're like, well, my metabolism is low and yeah. I gain fat eating very little, yeah. got to be strength training. Yeah. So, oh, you absolutely. Know, you get so, that afterglow, that afterburn to right. where like, yeah, you go do a, you know, a hit workout or something like that and you're burning six, 600 calories an hour and you come out and you can barely, you know, see straight. Right. Well, all those calories, 90% of those, I don't know if that 90% is accurate, but most of those calories that you burn are staying right there. Right. Like they were, they're gone. With strength training, yeah, you might burn a little less in that hour, but the rest of the day you're going to be burning a little bit more and your body's able to keep up with yeah. it. It's able, you know, like we have different energy reserves. We obviously have our muscle, we have our fat. You know, everyone thinks that fat's our only energy reserve. And if we are, you know, dieting, if we're working out or whatever, it should just all be coming from there. Well, if your calories are too low, your body will absolutely chew up muscle. Your muscle is causing you to burn more calories. So if you're not getting in a good adequate intake, one way that your body knows that it can bring down its basal metabolic rate is to chew up some muscle right. for energy. And muscle's very expensive to hang on to. Muscles, that's exactly right. It's very expensive right. because it costs your body a lot more energy to keep 
So if you're not giving it the reason to keep it, it's gone. It's right. like, it's a stupid example, but I use it all the time. It would be as if you were like driving home, it was a snowy evening and you saw this little feral cat running around and it's cold and you pick it up and you take it home. And I remember it's feral. It's, it's <laughs> if you didn't feed that cat, it's going to peace out on you. It's gone, you know, because you didn't feed it. And muscle is very similar. That's why new muscle is very easy to catabolize if you are not keeping up with it. So, you know, whether it's a supplement or something like that, you know, like, oh, creatine, I, I gained some, well, they gained weight on it. Um, but they gained some strength. Obviously, that's part of creatine. But in the end, they gained some size. They gained some muscle. Mm. So they'll say, well, once I'm done with that, and it can go for any other kind of like supplement that promises, you know, muscle gain and stuff like that, which there's very few that are legitimate. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> not that we need another hour on that. Um, <laughs> so they'll say, I gained it on using creatine, but once I stopped, I lost my muscle. Well, if it was legitimate muscle and not just, you know, extra or intracellular water and all sorts of stuff, you lost it because you didn't support it. And you also didn't keep strength training maybe. So sure. Those kind of things, energy, like you yeah. said, is very expensive. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I, I, I I'm gonna need to double check this, but I'm pretty sure the like per pound of muscle gained, it's only like another, I don't know, six or seven calories burnt. Like it's not. You a lot. know, that's a great. You know, at one point I was kind of touting that it was like twenty, twenty-five, but you know, even honest, that, I don't it's even. Not a lot. Yeah, it's not a ton, but you add it up. Over a month, you know, like when sure. if, if someone's, sure. you know, because we're able to track just a BMR and stuff over time as muscle increases and stuff like that. And it'll gain, you know, you know, if per pound, maybe we'll just say 10 to 20. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but then you multiply it by 30 for like a, a you know, a, a month. Mm -hmm. You're like, that's a few extra cheeseburgers or that's that extra glass of wine that, that's true. that you now can maybe get away with a little bit, you know, right. more than you were before because you spent more time setting up the future by building a little muscle and not just going after, I just want to lose weight. Right. You and know? that extra food you say you can't add per month, not per day. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so exactly. Like, like yeah. Three cheeseburgers a day now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. yeah. So we're trying to, we're trying to preserve that new muscle by eating protein. We talked about supplementation. What, I mean, we have all sorts of supplements that yeah. are coming out left and right. Oh, Everybody's yeah. starting a supplement company. Yeah. Thankfully, it seems, you know, to me that things are moving in a better direction as far as quality control, ingredients. What what should people be looking out for as far as safety? How do yeah. they know what is in their protein? What should they be looking out for when yeah. they're getting a protein supplement? Protein specifically, um, number one, the, the best way you can go is NSF certification or I think certified for sport is another one. And they can just look at this online, NSF. Yeah, okay. or it's on the bottle, okay, you know, those gotcha. kind of things. That's number one. You're going to pay for that, though. Like, mm -hmm. you're going to pay quite a bit. Like, we have a few uh, in the store, like Clean Athlete, those kind of things that are NSF certified. And what that means is it's been uh, label checked, you know, so laboratory, HPLC, all sorts of different ways to do it that – if it says you're getting 20 grams per scoop, you're getting 20 grams per right, scoop. Right, because they can say you're getting 20 grams, but then a third-party lab tested it, and it's and 16. It's, it's 16. Oh, there's – I mean, there's there's big companies out there, which I won't mention, big ones that, you know, are in, you know, big warehouses, you know, cheap warehouse, you know, uh, discount warehouse, yeah. you know, that we go to. And they're, they've been shown to have half. Wow. I mean, it's just disgusting. It's wow. so disgusting. And, you know, there was even one um, – it's a big franchise. They're, they make their own uh, protein uh, supplement line. Um, it's three letters. <laughs> um, I had a client who was diabetic. She's diabetic. She took their protein powder, which was just straight protein, 
and her blood sugar increased massively. It means that they were putting a bunch of junk, just uh, filler in there, maltodextrins, right. all sorts of stuff. And her blood sugar skyrocketed, and it was dangerous. Wow. You know, so it just shows even big companies out there, like whoever, right, <laughs> um, are just full of crap. Like yeah. it's, it's, and when it comes to that point, like it's one thing to take advantage of, of things and, you know, yeah, you skimp on a few grams Cut of protein corners. per scoop. But when you're literally adding in something that is not in the ingredients list and it's not on that nutrition label and you're causing a diabetic to have a high blood sugar and all sorts, then, then I get really mad, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's just, that's terrible. So yeah, horrible. yeah it's, so yeah, <laughs> getting back to um, the NSF certification, that's like number one, that's, you know, you're going to be rest assured that what that label says that it has in there doesn't have anything less or more. Um, past that you have CGMP, which is current good manufacturing practices. Um, that's another great little label uh, uh, thing to see. That'll be on the bottle too. That'll so. be on the okay. bottle too. I'm trying to think of some other things. And then just, you know. Are there any sites that people can go to to check quality if there's nothing on the label? Yeah, there's a few of them out there. I know. Do you know of any of them? Yeah, so like I I know people can do like consumer labs. Yeah. Labdoor is a good one. Labdoor, yeah. Labdoor is a great great one. one. Um, They're building their database. It's not huge, but they're still building it. Uh, So as far as protein sources go, you know, we got, I mean, veganism is huge right now. Yeah, it's massive. Uh, how, I mean, how do whey proteins and, and pea proteins or plant proteins mm. compare? They don't, okay. <laughs> they, they don't. Um, when you look at plant-based proteins and I'm not here to, to knock plant-based or vegan or vegetarianism or anything like that. Um, just like I'm not here to, to knock carnivorism or keto or anything like that. But when we're talking about protein supplements, we have what are called incomplete and complete proteins, right? Uh-huh. So. All our plant-based proteins outside of like quinoa and soy. Soy is actually a complete protein. Uh-huh. It just got so demonized because of estrogen and stuff like that right. years ago. Um, so pea protein, which is a big one out there, um, is incomplete. So it doesn't have all the, the essential amino all acids. the essential amino acids. Fine and well. I mean, it's not the it, it it sometimes it ends up splitting hairs because yeah, if that if you're being if you're vegan, we'll just go on that for that far part of it. We'll say vegan, not vegetarian, but vegan. And their protein intake is low, like pretty low throughout the day. Um, you know, each meal they're sitting on, you know, they're eating one carbohydrate, you know, those kind of things. They're not pairing their carbs and stuff like that. Then a plant-based protein supplement that is just pea is probably not doing a ton in their body. Gotcha. You know, okay. it's, it's actually, you know, when, when, we, when we label proteins out there in, you know, nutrition world or whatever, you have um, quality versus, you know, um, like a low quality versus a high quality. We're not talking necessarily is it grass-fed or, you know, not plant-based protein. Well, it is grass-fed. I right? got you. No, I got, I got <laughs> you know, we're not saying. talking about its yeah. production. We're literally talking about its amino acid profile. Right, its makeup. Yeah, exactly. So your pea protein is actually a low-quality protein because it doesn't have all nine essential of those amino acids. So maybe what people should do if they're going the plant-based route is look for a, a protein supplement that has multiple different sources Beautiful. of plant protein. Exactly. So whatever, pea, soy, yeah. ke- pea, brown rice, those kind okay. of things. Yeah, right. complete those proteins. And then a lot, you know, I think we'll add some amino acids in there, you know, like your branched amino acids. Because they're not getting it from meat. They're not getting it from meat. Yeah, right. that's exactly okay. right. All right. And then... What about, because you see on the back of the label with whey too, you see like whey concentrate, mm. isolate. What does yeah. that mean? What are those diff- What are the differences yeah. with those? So whey concentrate is more of your, it's cheaper. Okay. There's nothing bad about it. It just tends to have a little, you know, it has more lactose, incomplete peptides. 
becomes is a little more is a little cheaper it tends to be those that you see in the big wholesale places and the grocery store checkout magazines and you're seeing oh i got five pounds for twenty dollars it's pretty cheap it doesn't mean that it's low quality so you're it just saying sounds like purified it's not pu- as purified where okay. the whey isolate they literally start with the whey concentrate and then they microfiltrate it they get rid of all the oh. lactose incomplete peptides so you can take and that whey isolate is a great intermediary between someone that is you know wants to do a protein supplement but maybe they have a little lactose issues or you oh, know, they some, some problems with dairy or something. Dairy. And okay. so I'll usually go, okay, well, let's leave those whey protein concentrates and the casein, those kind of things that tend to be a little higher in lactose. Let's see if we can't find something before you have to go plant-based because that's a massive difference when you talked about texture, um, flavor, dissolvability, all sorts of stuff to where there's this whey isolate out there. It costs a little more because there's more processing that happens. Yeah. You know, there's more filtra- filtration to where you can still get that awesome taste, you know, that dissolvability and, you know, really cool flavors like, you know, fruity cocoa, whatever, you know, because protein has, a, you know, right. so many different flavors Fruity pebbles. There. Fruity pebbles, <laughs> protein shake now. Um, to where you can get that, you can get a high-quality protein without going to the plant world if you don't want to, if you don't I have to. Saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about ingredients that people, specifically with protein, what are some ingredients that people should watch out for? I mean, as far as sweeteners go, should they be looking yeah. out for anything? Uh, I mean, if it, it's a personal preference when it okay. comes to artificial sweeteners. Now, um, there is, you know, things like monk fruit and stevia. Stevia is used to be kind of more natural and now it, it's not as but it technically it's a it's not an artificial sweetener it comes from a leaf all sorts of stuff and it has a little sweet texture if someone's okay with more of those artificial sweeteners you know like sucralose sucralose is a big one they're not adding a ton to it and if you're okay with it fine you know if, if and that's a whole different discussion right right um Past that, you know, if you see uh, specifically like creatine in your protein and it's not like a masking or something like that, run away from it because they are literally treating creatine because creatine is a nitrogen containing compound. So when they test for proteins, uh, those um, companies will throw creatine in there, non-essential amino acids to get their protein um intake up you know on the on the label so it's it's kind of like uh skirting it around Uh so that would be something just off the bat if i saw creatine in a protein okay i'd run away from it because you know that you're not actually getting as much protein as they say they are unless they're you know saying something okay now creatine in general you know that i feel like that's one of the most studied it is uh supplements out there one of the most beneficial Mm -hmm. uh, as far as like we can tangibly see direct results do you feel like that's something everybody should be taking how how do you feel about creatine what should people do with that i think it's a great question as well um i don't think it's something that someone has to be taking at all like there's because if i said that i then our shelves in the store just be nothing but creatine because i just recommend everybody (laughs) um it is for somebody that wants to increase their strength you know, obviously there's some other, you know, uh, fun things about it, but that they want to increase their strength and they want to see, it's one of those products that's really cool. Like, like caffeine, like mm-hmm. you get a, you take an energy drink, you take a pre-workout or something, you know, right. You then know then. that you took that thing. <laughs> right. Creatine's another one, you know, as long as you're not underdosing it and you're like six, seven and you're taking five grams or something like you're probably not going to notice it. But if you're taking the adequate dose for that person, you see the strength gains like mm-hmm. right away, like pretty soon thereafter. I think it can help with, you know, recovery, all sorts of things. So it's one of those that is 
like you mentioned, there's not a more research product, uh, sports performance product ex- outside of caffeine than creatine. I mean, like it is completely safe. You have both kidneys all, you know, you have no renal function. Pr- yeah. Like, so if someone, you know, came in and said, I have, I have one kidney, I probably wouldn't give them creatine. You know, mm-hmm. I'd be like, it's not worth it. I probably would also not, you know, like chalk them full of a bunch of protein or, you know, like right. overdo it. Cause they're like, I just want to get they huge, less, you know, so yeah, here's 300 grams of protein. Right. I probably wouldn't do that to someone with one kidney or any liver function sure. problems, you know, those kind of things, but it is a very safe and effective product. Okay. You know, it really, really is. And then as far as, I mean, there's like freaking thousands of different forms of creatine, mm, yep. which one, sh- which one is the yeah. right one? There's, there's only one that is, is worth buying. That's just the old school creatine monohydrate. Okay. Um, there is throughout the years, like there's only one other form of creatine we'll carry in the store, and that's creatine HCL. Um, you tend to be able to get the same strength gains out of it, and you take a little bit less. It okay. Absor- you know, it, it doesn't break down as well in in a drink or something. You know, if in a protein drink or something, it's a little more granulated, but. The esters out, like I had someone call in the other day and asked if we had esters. I said, no, <laughs> like you're, you're the absorbability of an ester. Um, the price is, it's not worth it at all. Okay. Your creatine monohydrate is what every creatine studies done on. Um, it gets the most, uh, muscle saturation. Like there's no reason to spend $50 on some new creatine out there when creatine good- monohydrate is by far the most absorbable. Right. Um, yes, some might, f- you know, might feel a little bloated on it. Maybe, maybe they don't, you know. Again, um, individual variance. It's individual. You know, if someone says, hey, I bloat up on creatine, and I say, well, here's really why. Uh, if you're bloating up on it, and that's the only thing you took, then then I believe you. <laughs> right. You know, if you feel a little, you know, bloatier or something like that, then I'm not going to say that you don't just because the research says that maybe you, that shouldn't happen. Right. Um, creatine monohydrate. Okay. <laughs> yeah, save your money. Yeah. Save your money and, and all the other is things. like three to five grams typically the recommended dosage there? It all depends on your height, you know, your weight and stuff okay. like that, but really your muscle mass because that's where creatine's going is creatine phosphate. Um, I'll usually start off most guys at, you know, like 10 grams before and about five grams after. I really okay. believe in post-workout creatine. You know, we're, we're post-workout. Getting post-workout okay, as well. Pre-workout. So before and post. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So you're saying five before, five after? or Five ten before, before, five, kind of depending on their height and stuff like okay. that. I'll never let someone get above like 20 grams per day. That's okay. pushing it. And whether someone wants to load creatine or not, whatever. Is that necessary? Do they need to load it? They or? don't have to. Like, it thought. just depends on how quick you want to see those strength gains. Right. You know, like, do you, because you're literally, it's your muscles are this reservoir for creatine phosphate, all sorts of stuff. So if you want it quicker, then you can load. If you don't, you want to take a week, you know, kind of getting up to that saturation, fine. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Maybe, I mean, would you recommend that this is something for that probably vegans should take more often mm. because creatine is so, I mean, it's very heavy in red meat. It is. So if they're not eating that, yeah, would you recommend that something Absolutely. that they would take? Creatine, um, now they, if they're true vegans, they probably wouldn't be able to do creatine because I don't think you can, unless it's made in a lab, I, it's isolated from. Oh, I guess that's true. So you kind of split it. Yeah. (laughs) We'll go down that. Who knows Uh, why they're doing it. Yeah, that B vitamins, you know, a lot of your B complexes, you know, your B12 stuff like that cannot Mm -hmm. be found, you know, in, you know, you got to find it in. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then iron, you know, okay. vegans that are, are not big leafy green eaters and stuff like that, they absolutely do. Okay. They absolutely need to be supplementing with with iron, you know, yeah. especially for females. It's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. And let's 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 finish with 
with pre-workout. Yeah. So that's a super popular one. Yeah. People freaking love pre-workout. Because like you said, as soon as you take it, you're like, oh, I'm going to lift the I'm going to lift the shit out of it. Yeah. Or I'm going to clean my house. You right. know, like you're not going to go and like watch, you know, uh, no. a movie after you're taking one of those things. Yeah. So uh, one, uh, yeah. is it necessary? Two, if people want to take a pre-workout, how should they go about finding yeah. the right one? Yeah. No, you do not need to take a pre-workout. Okay. You could, you know, if you want a little energy, you could do a cup of coffee. You could take a no-dose, you know, whatever from the okay. get. You know, like there's other ways to, to kind of get all jacked up. What makes pre-workouts popular are just different kind of forms of caffeine or stimulants. That's what really gets you going and kind of a feel-good, um, you know, they'll put you – know, Advantra Z and some other things in there as a feel good. So that's one reason why we feel really good when we like take beta a alanine with the tingles. Be, yeah, beta alanine. That if you're going to take a, a pre workout, that pre workout should have beta alanine in it. Okay. So at least you're getting something besides just caffeine. You're paying, you know, two or three dollars a scoop for Otherwise, more than just, just caffeine. caffeine. Yeah. yeah, or just take caffeine and, right. you know. So beta alanine, very cool, helps buffer lactic acid, kind of gives you a little bit more um, endurance, more of an endurance product a little bit okay. there uh, on that part. The creatine's huge. Um, what about citrulline? Citrulline's a great one. So L-citrulline or citrulline malate. Um, what does that do? That is a vasodilator. So it basically okay. turns into nitric oxide in your blood. You can, um, your blood vessels will get a little bigger. You push more oxygen and nutrients. There's in been the muscles. You're in saying. the muscles. There's okay. really, you know, when you look at research, there's really no sports performance um, advantage to taking it. There okay. just isn't. You're not going to you know, feel more dilated. Like, you know, if you're real lean in your arms or something like that, those veins will start popping. You know, so you look a little bit. It's, it's um, from that aspect, it's probably just a little more vein. Yeah. You know, like it's like I like to look a little veinier. Right. So we're ultimately <laughs> splitting hairs here. Yeah. Oh, with yeah. The, with with the something citrulline. like that. Yeah. With the citrulline. It, yeah. Because there's no there's no sports performance advantage to it. And that's right. been shown. Right. Um, past that, I mean, you could do, you know, there could be some amino acids in there that might help a little bit. Um, and that's about it. Yeah. You know, the rest of it there, they came out with a, a new one. Um, what the heck's it called? It, it, it's a, it's a product that helps you uptake your, um, supplements and your micronutrients a little better, Interesting. but it's, 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 uh, skipping me here. I forget. Well, but if you think of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then artificial sweeteners, sweeteners yeah. in general. Yeah. Personal preference. I think it's a personal preference yeah. in general. It, your artificial sweeteners do not cause you to gain or lose weight, right. you know, from a weight aspect. Right. Some some things I've read, and I'm not an expert on this, it can inhibit some of your microflora in your stomach, you know, in, in your digestive tract, um, in that it can't live off of it. You know, it can't oh, turn okay. sucralose into energy. Right. Neither can we <laughs> as right. humans. Um, from that aspect, you know, like if there's a problem there, if someone has like, you know, maybe digestive issues, may I'd probably stay away from some of those artificial sweeteners. Right. But from a energy balance or an energy, you know, in, out, um, weight loss, whatever, there's nothing that shows that, hey, this this by doing sucralose and by having a diet coke or something like that, that's gonna make you gain weight. Okay. It's just not. So if yeah. you were to say like, all right, uh, you know, so I mean there's thousands of supplements out yeah. there. If we were to say, okay, um, you've got, you, you've got your, your nutrition dialed in, yes. you know, you're eating things well, you're eating whole natural foods, but you want that, you want that extra edge, mm. you know, yeah. what kind of, su what supplements are we looking at? Yeah. Supplements are kind of like a book. You can't read seven books at one time. Maybe you can read a few and kind of keep them straight. So one, keep it simple, you know, sure. multivitamins. I really believe in multivitamins from they're kind of like an insurance policy. Maybe you need them, maybe you don't, but you're glad to have them if you do. 
right because very few of us can really get all those micronutrients in our bodies you know um and splitting up your multivitamin um into two servings instead of the recommended one because you have uh you have water soluble vitamins and then you have your fat soluble vitamins like a d e and k um irons you know uh if your multivitamin make sure it's got iron in it that's usually a big one unless your iron's good or something like that um, but iron's a great one to have in, in your multivitamin um, so multivitamin is a great one. Again, it's not necessary. None of them are necessary. Mm-hmm. Just by, an insurance policy. Yeah, they're so. by definition they're not necessary. Right. <laughs> they're supplements. They're supplemental. Um, there's that. There's um, like a, an omega, like a fish oil stuff like that. Making sure that it has both EPA and DHA. And we don't not, need a lot of fish. You know, yeah. We don't need a lot of. We don't need high in omega. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So that's a great one for heart and brain health. Um, and then it, past those two, it kind of comes down to what are we what are we doing this supplement for? Do we want more energy before a workout? Do we want to take something? It's three o'clock in the afternoon and I have a choice to either go home <laughs> or go to the gym. Right. Maybe that pre-workout fits because you're going to, if you take it, if you can, you know, knock it back, you're going to the gym. You're not going home anymore. You right. know, those, I, right. I'm not right. going to go hang out, watch Netflix. I'm going to go to the gym because I'm going to be bouncing off the walls. And that, that varies depending on sure. how much you take and what it is and stuff. But the pre-workout's one, and it's just a fit. And then, uh, you know, usually if someone asks, what if I'm going to do a supplement in here, what should I do? It'll always be a protein. If you want a supplement, get a protein pack because it can fit and fill gaps much where you need them. Yeah, yeah like, food oh, I'm run my snack. I need a little protein in my snack, but I don't have time to go to the grocery. You know, so here I'll, I'll have a protein shake. Or yeah. before bed, I'm a little hungry. And I don't necessarily want to have a piece of chicken before going. I don't want to cook yeah. up something there. Um, I'm out of yogurt and cottage, you know, any other lean proteins. I'll have a protein shake. And okay. they tend to be a little, you know, they taste a little sweet. So, yeah, those are the three. And if they you know, and if they want to maximize before. sports performance, maybe add the creatine in. There yeah. If they oh, want to, yeah. like, maximize oh, all of those results. Absolutely. Yeah. Creatine so, is a fantastic so product. So fat burners, all that other stuff. No, fat it. burners, you know, you can explain fat burners. You know, like there's one, we got to understand that fat doesn't just magically disappear out of the body because you ate a superfood or, or took a pill, Right. it is literally working on your activity number in your expenditure per day. It is getting you to move around. Like instead of me just sitting here, maybe I'm sitting here, but I'm also, you know, kind of doing this a little bit. I am expending more calories because I took a product that made me a little more fidgety. That's all those do. They, okay. Yeah. That's just that's all they do. It. They okay. increase. Now that, even that's been shown not to work in that you take that pill or whatever and you're all jacked up, you know, in the morning into the afternoon, you tend to crash at night and then burn less calories because you expend them all here. You know, you're all, you're pushed too hard because of that pill or that whatever, you'll end up making up for it later on. You'll be a little less, you'll be more sedentary because you were, you're pushed too hard. You, You overdid it. Yeah. So it all works its way out. So They're not worth the money in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy that owns the supplement store. Just keeping it real. Yeah, I do. Yep. Well, Matt, thank you for being oh, here, man. Adam, Appreciate so it. Thank you. It's thank been a you. good time and uh, hope to have you on another time soon. Anytime, brother. Anytime. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe it is over already. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Hey, listen in. If you have a health and fitness goal that you are trying to reach, I don't know what else to say other than to say it must be a match made in heaven. 
If you didn't know already, Pullman Fitness exists to transform the body, mind, and spirit through personal coaching and sustainable fitness plans for any stage of life. So if you want to reach your goals, build sustainability, and enjoy life all at the same time, you guys got to check out Premier Coaching at Pullman Fitness. From custom tailored programming to 24-7 access to your personal coach, you'll have everything that you need to succeed. You guys can find out a lot more about Premier Coaching as well as our membership program at PullmanFitness.com. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, share the love by leaving a five-star review and introducing the podcast to your friends and family. As always, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, this is the podcast.